to check the vending machines a weekly pop culture podcast on the internet where two best friends get together talk about pop culture stuff i'm jason that's zach what's going on man not much man you know it's just cold as hell i know so i'm man. just trying to do everything i can to not go outside right now, now I li- and i live in an old house dude so this mm-hmm. fucking insulation is garbage <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that this apartment's Insulation is not the greatest. I don't know. I also don't know if I just don't have like my heat set up high enough. What do you keep your house at to like stay like mm, toasty? I mean, the thing is, I don't use the heater. Oh well, I used the I had to use the heater last night and this morning because it's because it's freezing where we're at. It's like super yeah. duper cold. But even then, like I set it to like sixty five because I have a heat we have heated blankets and stuff like that, like space heaters. Gotcha. I woke up in the morning, walked over to the to the thermostat, and I was like. 61 so like didn't even do enough it didn't even build it to what i wanted it to be yeah it was just that cold outside the insulation is that terrible yeah i don't know mine might be a little bit better than that i mean probably not much because i think i have it set it to like 72 and i don't know i'm sure if i walked over there it'd probably be like 70 or some shit oh, but... see, my, dude, just the nature of my family mm. we don't we don't we don't put the stat that, that number never touches 70 dude just the, even yeah. just the, by nature we don't we don't fuck around with that, but also because like, I live in a house, so like it's, it's expensive. Yeah. To make a whole house, to yeah. run a central central air through an entire house, especially an old house, yo no fucking expensive as shit, bro. Yeah, if I was living in a house, I probably wouldn't do it, because yeah, it's, it can definitely get pricey yeah. when you've got it, that much space that you're constantly having to keep at like a certain yeah, time. It's but... not it's not worth it, dude. So yeah. But hey, this is a podcast. We get together to talk about movies and comic books and all that kind of stuff whenever we yeah. feel like it. And we're this is January. We're it in is. the middle of almost wrapping up our review series on Lethal Weapon. Pretty close, dude. We're, and I have to ask you from the get-go. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with this. I want to ask you. Okay. Next week is supposed to be our wrap-up, monthly wrap-up. Uh-huh. We technically have one lethal weapon left. Uh-huh. I always skip four when I do my watch throughs. I don't know what you. Okay. What do you want to do? I mean, if you think that it's a skippable movie, then I feel no pressure to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with skipping it and just doing like a wrap up. For I always skip it because it's not a bad movie, but it's the worst of the bunch. Hmm. It's the worst of the bunch for sure. I mean, honestly, you get to the end of like this movie and it feels like this was the perfect encapsulation for the series. Uh, 100%. So the fact that there's it's, even it's, another one after this feels like wrong. It's Die Hard 3. It's like, okay, yeah. this is where we end it. This is the end. Yeah. This feels perfectly fine to end it here. We can mm-hmm. go off into the sunset and leave it there. Whereas like Lethal Weapon 4, Die Hard 4, it's like, okay, we're just... Rambo four. I mean, you're milking it at that point. Yeah, you know, Rambo four. Okay, we're just we're we're just using the name for some cash yeah. money. I haven't even seen Rambo four or Rambo five. 
I don't know. Was Rambo 4 the one that was just called Rambo? I think that was called like I think Rambo was the last is 5, right? 5? That was the one that was like the first one of like modern Rambo. No, I think that was What was the one that just came out a couple years ago? That was Last Blood, I thought. Or wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Rambo was Rambo. Rambo was like from like the two thousand, like the two thousand eight or something. Yeah, it was like the mid two thousands. Yeah. And then the one that just came out was Last Blood. Yeah. Fucking. So terrible. Last Blood was five. Okay. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Okay, I've even seen those. Fucking terrible idea. Terrible. Yeah. And then Die Hard was what? Die Hard with a Vengeance is three. It was Die, Live Die Free. Hard Die Hard. Three. Uh, Live Free. Die Hard was four, and then uh, I can't remember what the Russian one was called. That wasn't Live Free or Die Hard? No, Live Free, or Die, Live Free or Die Hard was... I think that was the Justin Long one. Okay. I haven't seen that. I mean, I don't know. Hold on. Now I gotta look it up. Die Hard series. Yeah, pull it up. Because I, I have no... I'm, I'm never gonna watch Let's them, see. so I don't care. But Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, A Good Day to Die Hard. Good that's, Day to Die that's Hard. That's the one with Russia, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, cra- trash movies. Yeah. Never terrible. gonna watch them. Um, Thankfully, Lethal Weapon's easy enough. They just, and, and the thing is, like, Lethal Weapon 5 comes out, and of course I'm going to watch it. Of course I'm going to. Yeah. But I'm not, like, dying for it. But then it's like, Mad Max did it, did it, George Miller did the perfect thing. George Miller, right? Yeah, George Miller. Yeah, yeah. He did it perfect with Mad Max. Well, we're going to bang out three of them over the course of however many years. Mm-hmm. Done. Come back years, years, years later and not even have it be about Max. And cast it's some a new, new Max. It's some new chick. It's, it's, it's not about Max. And then we're going to do another movie with Furiosa, like a prequel or a sequel or something. I don't fucking I think care. It's supposed to be a prequel, isn't it? I don't, I don't remember. Know. I don't I think he's enough. even started working on it because he's still in like court for Fury Road stuff, isn't he? I don't know. I have no idea. I thought he was. Uh, the biggest news I found, we don't really do news in this podcast anymore, but the biggest thing I saw this past week, I don't know if you saw it, Zach, was that... Uh, uh, it's been officially announced. I mean, it was announced a while back, but it's, it's like mm. official, like kind of uh, reposting or whatever. Mm-hmm. That uh, there's going to be a sequel to Heat, and it's going to be a novel. Michael Mann's writing a novel, and it's oh, a, it's, it's not a, even a movie; it's a it's, book. It's a book, and it's a prequel and a sequel to to Heat One. And I'm like, how does that even work? I would rather. I think it's going to take place, like, part of it's going to be before the events of the movie, then part of it's going to be taking place after the events of the movie. So we just skip over the events of the movie. Yeah, we know when the movie's there, we watch the movie. But I, you just get I halfway honestly, through the book and it has a page that says, go watch the movie and then yeah, finish. Here, it's just, here's the events of Heat 1990 or whatever. I would rather more mo- people do this. Hmm. Like, like, don't give me... A sequel, if the movie, like if the like speed, if they ever made like Speed Two, right? For example, mm-hmm. I've never seen Speed Two. Speed Two is with the boat, right? Yeah, I'm never gonna yeah. watch Speed Two. I don't care. You got back Sandra Bullock. I don't give a fuck. There's no Keanu, so I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make a Speed Three, but have like him have that character be in it, have Keanu's character be in it, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Make it a book. Yeah, I would read the shit out of it all day. You know. Um the other one thing I wanted to mention real fast before we get to Lethal Weapon 3 mm-hmm. is that Godfather 4K is coming out next month. Okay. They're, they're making a 4K set. Is it just Godfather or is it all three it's Godfathers? It's the set. It's the trilogy. Okay. And the, they're also including the the original no, Coppola cut 
of Godfather mm. 3 that they put out a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Where he was like, yeah, I'm, I had all these changes I wanted to make and the studio made me change yeah, it. Yeah, which I don't believe for a fucking second. I think he realized that people fucking thought 3 was trash. And they yeah. go, oh, I... I Snyder cut. I Snyder cut of. The, I Snyder cutted it. Snyder I actually cut. have good shit. Years ago, I had this intention. They studio said this. Blah blah blah. blah. I, I think the movie just fucking sucks, and he just wanted to change it. But yeah. the movie, the set's gonna have a 4K set of, including that and the original cut. But mm-hmm. also, they're releasing uh, Godfather in theaters again Ooh. next month, and I was thinking, like, do I want to see it in theaters? I kind of want to watch it in theaters. I I kind of would want to, but there's. There's something about being able to go take a shit. Yeah, I think especially for a movie like that that's like three hours long, there's something about being able to like pause it and go to well, the bathroom. I, I think like every Marvel movie is almost three hours long now, but the difference is the fucking pacing. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Godfather is inherently it's just so a slow. slow. Movie. Yeah. Like the first, the fucking wedding is like 45 minutes or some shit yeah it's like the first like 30 minutes of the fucking it's movie it's fucking yeah. long you know and i love the movie obviously but it's like dude like it's just like a lot of scenes of like people just like you're like fuck it dude what are we doing what are we doing dude when's we're, the horse head show up we're building tension we're building the world i guess i, I was watching it again uh i think last year the, mm-hmm. just the first one and I was I was watching. I think HBO Max had it or something. So I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll turn it on. And I was watching, and I was like, oh man, this movie is fantastic. It's so good. And I was like, man, it's also really fucking slow. And I think that's because I think it's an effect of Marvel movies. Yeah, I would say so. They've really done something about. I don't know exactly how giving to audiences like but... ADD. Yeah, I mean, those movies, yeah, in particular, like, that brand of movie is really fed into, like, the ADHD culture that we have as, like, Instant gratification, you pay off right away, like, there's no character build-up. So, Mm. like, I don't necessarily agree with Martin Scorsese when he talked about how... Marvel movies are roller coasters? Yeah, just theme parks are the roller coasters. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I also do agree with that, because they completely are. Yeah. But also, like... I love popcorn movies, so to act like, like I, I feel, I feel like. What was it? When was it? It was like, Denis Villeneuve said something about Marvel movies too in the lead up to Dune, where he said that they were like not cinema or something like that. I can't remember something like that, but I saw. An he interview. said some shit like that, or it was like it was. It was like similar to like what Martin Scorsese said, yeah. where he basically said that they like weren't real movies. I saw an interview with Bra- uh, Brad Pitt, with Ben Affleck recently. I think he was talking to Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Or for like for like entertainment tonight or something like that where he was like yeah i couldn't make argo now yeah you probably know? not yeah, i couldn't make argo and i'm like yeah you couldn't now it's like 10 years ago you couldn't make yeah. argo you can't make argo now like if you released heat 2 now no one would give a fuck yeah you know i mean it would do well, people okay. would care but it wouldn't make money like it did back in the day no it would be like an 824 movie or some shit yeah you know, which I'm like, Lethal Weapon 5. Those are the kind of labels you're going to have to have those movies under now. You have to have it under, like, a Blumhouse or an A24. Or, I don't well, know what the end Lethal is. Lethal Weapon but... 5 is a HBO Max movie. Yeah. With no theater, no theater release. Yeah. It feels like that's, like, where a lot of those movies that, like, we're talking about are coming out now. Like, they're coming out through, like, Amazon or Netflix or HBO Max or, like, they're becoming, like, streaming-only movies where, like... They don't really have to worry about the box office necessarily, so you have you don't have to be concerned that much with 
whether or not it makes money or not because they just get their money from other means so yeah i mean it should shows you that the the movie theater experience is is fucking dead and buried it's dead except for blockbusters because spider-man still made a fucking shit ton of money yeah, so yeah and, and like it's really only for only for those big like event movies really anymore as far as like what really works in theaters now it's like marvel movies star wars any sort of like big pop culture-ish movie like that it makes you wonder like what's the point of having like that many screens just have like have that many screens all play spider-man yeah, I mean, that was like, what was it? It was like in the lead up to The Force Awakens, wasn't it? Where Disney was like, you have to have half your theaters yeah. playing Star Wars. Um, like... I, I I worked Force Awakens premiere night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went, actually, I think I told you this. I, I can't remember. But like, I, think... I, I, we were going live at the Cinnabar, the local Cinnabar. Mm-hmm. And just interviewing a bunch of fucking nerds, like like on live, like live shots, like interviewing them. Like, yeah. And my, my reporter doesn't know shit about Star Wars. So he was, like, asking me for write-ups. Questions. Like, yeah. Just, like, what to do. And he's like, people were walking up dressed up and all this kind of shit, right? So we're talking to people online. And he goes, Jason, I have a good idea. You know, you know you're, you're funny. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to bring you out on the 5 o'clock hit. I was like, <laughs> what, dude? He's like, yeah, I'm going to bring you. You're going to walk out from the camera and we're, we're, I'm going to interview you for a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like dude. I have to work the camera. He goes, just set it to a, like a, a, me, a medium shot and we'll just we'll work it. shot and go for so it. So literally in the middle of the shot, he, he pulls me out and I'm like, I'm like on the screen, like answering questions being like, he's like, so Jason, no, you're, you're my photog, you're my photographer. Are you going to watch Star Wars? He goes, I'm like, absolutely. hundred percent. Five 100%. times. He goes, five times ago. Yep. Was by myself with my dad, by myself again with my friends and then probably one more time by myself and like, you know, <laughs> all this kind of shit. And then I, I walked back behind the camera, yeah, but I remember thinking like, this movie is going to change my life. Yeah. And then the, one of my directors who was a, he was a new director. He was mm-hmm. basically just a fucking, you know, a PA or whatever, the oh, you know, yeah. floor, floor guy. And he was like a big fan. And we're talking about on the lead up being like, hey, dude, we're, we're going to expect, dude, Ray's going to be a fucking Kenobi, bro. Yeah. Ray's going to be a Skywalk, all this shit. And I remember we, the, we both came in to work the weekend after it came out and we saw each other. Because uh, we're, we both worked the weekend. And we were mm-hmm. like, oh, man. That, uh, <laughs> that, that Force Awakens. That Force Awakens, man, huh? And he was like, yeah, dude. And I was like, did you like it? And he was like, ah, I thought there was some cool, cool stuff. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, Star Wars is dead. Star Wars is fucking dead and buried. Mm-mm. Flash forward to our podcast about Last Jedi. Fucking... I was about to say, and then the Last Jedi fucking sealed the deal. Dead and buried. It wasn't dead with the Force Awakens. It was dead with the Last Jedi. So. I mean, it was definitely shot in the face in yeah. Force Awakens, and then people now are like, "Oh, the Mandalorian. It's Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. It's saved yeah. in Star. I don't fucking care, dude. Star Wars is dead." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really had any interest to... I don't know, this is just me in general, because I know you're still big into the Marvel stuff, but, like, I haven't really had an itch to, like, watch a Marvel movie or, like, anything that Disney's put out in, like, a really long time. Like, since Endgame, probably, is, like, the last time I was, like, itching to watch something from, like, Disney. Like, I mean, I watched... What was it? The second Spider-Man. And I didn't like that one, so I think that kind of also drained my excitement a little bit for Far From Home, because I still haven't watched that yet, but... 
I think the last one that I really watched was like Shang Chi, and even that was like I was like that was good, but like I don't know, it wasn't like yeah, life changing. It wasn't like a life changing movie. Like it was a fun movie, but and I yeah, think... I mean like I watched like the first season of The Mandalorian, but like I've had no interest or need to like buy Disney Plus to like watch the second season or to watch the Book of Boba Fett or any of this other shit that they have coming out with. So I, I think it's t- it's twofold for me. With the pri- the primary thing being that it's just something that I can watch with my fiance. Yeah. Like we we're both already so invested into, you know, fifteen, sixteen fucking movies and shows. Like something yeah. something else we we don't have enough to watch together as it is. Yeah. But we both enjoyed these enough to watch them mm-hmm. together, so it's something to watch together as a family. I think that definitely helps having somebody else to watch. Yeah, it it's it's something we're both like I'm not gonna watch Bachelorette. She's not gonna watch Bloodsport, so we're gonna watch these, you know? But Number two is that um, I just inherently like superhero stuff more than mm-hmm. I like manga. Like it's just it's just natural. Now, if they were able to do a live action, you know, Naruto and make it like good, I'd be I'd there. Be pretty... I'd be there every fucking night. You know, I'll be there every fucking movie. That'd be a hard one to do, really good. Yeah, if you can give me a live action tuning yeah. exam. I'm fucking in the make it. I mean, I'd be good. down for that shit 100, percent dude. Yeah, Ooh. make it fucking good. I, yeah, yeah, I would be like, fuck superhero movies, dude. But... Not some cowboy bebop shit, but like actually do some like good, a good. Yeah, attitude. absolutely. But you know, I I think with the Marvel stuff, particular, particular. Obviously, if if DC was good, I would I would it would be the same thing. But DC's not yeah. good stuff. And since I'm a, I'm more of a DC fan than anyways than Marvel, but like mm-hmm. since I grew up reading comics, I spent so much of my fucking money on fucking floppies yeah. for years. I have a closet full of fucking recent floppies that I still fucking have that I don't know what to fucking do with, right? So I have I spent so much god dang money on these stupid characters that yeah. writers just suck at writing. But the stories that do matter to me, those are the ones that they're pulling from. So I yeah. watch these movies and have interest to go, okay, how are they going to do it? And I ultimately walk out of the theater fucking pissed. That they didn't do they, they didn't do as good as the fucking comic book did. All you had to do was fucking take the fucking comic book, like Civil War. I we we went through this a thousand times. I'll I'll say it real fast before we get to the fucking movie. It was like yeah. Civil War had zero impact to me. Like even when I rewatched the whole Marvel universe to prepare for what Endgame, or whatever. Like yeah. that movie to me is so middle of the ground, mid tier, no stakes. I don't care because there's yeah. not enough heroes to make it to, or villains to make it. Matter. Yeah. I think it's definitely, they pulled the the gun too early with the civil war stuff. Cause yeah, I definitely don't think there's enough. You definitely don't have enough superheroes to make it actually feel like there's an actual like rift. There's no stakes in the universe. Like the idea, like when civil war, came like the out, only really like visible stakes that you see with it is the Tony, uh, cap stuff. But even then it's like, Outside of when they specifically mention it in like Civil War or when they specifically mention it in like Infinity War and Endgame, like it has no other bearing on any of the other movies. Like some of the some of my fav when when Civil War was happening, some of my favorite issues and stories mm-hmm. weren't even in the main hero books. Yeah. It was like the random C tier hero who had to like Okay, be like shit. Can I still do this? Like, I, I'm in a small town. I'm not. I'm not in New York City. Like, can I still do? Like, those are my. Those are my. Some of my favorite stories, mm-hmm. where the villains being like, "Oh shit!" Like, I have to actually side with 
this hero now because we are both being hunted by the fucking fed like those yeah. stories were to me interesting I mean, when you actually go back and read civil war and see like like punisher like do kill a bunch of people like kill a bunch of villains yeah. and he's like fucking there's that really powerful scene in fucking civil war where like you know he like kills a bunch of bad guys and they mm-hmm. bring, they bring him back to their little base and he's like talking to steve and he's like you know I'm one of you guys, and Steve like beats the shit out of Frank, like like fucking beats the fuck out of him, because of course Frank can't. He's a fuck, he's super powered man, and Frank is just a regular guy. Yeah. But beats the shit out of Frank, and Frank's all bloody. He doesn't doesn't throw a single punch, and Steve is like, "Why isn't he fighting back?" And someone's like, "Because you're his idol." Yeah. Because he grew up wanting to be. He went to Vietnam because of you. Like he's you're his favorite person. Like he, and then he's like. No, he's nothing like me. It's like that. Even that alone, like minute one scene of the panel, yeah, shows even a massive rift between people who agree the same thing. Whereas in the movie, they can't do any of that because there's only fucking ten fucking heroes. Yeah, you know. So I don't fucking. It doesn't matter to me as much. Yeah, it's like that or like. So I mean, that's a good example. I mean, the what they const what they've tried to do twice now with Dark Phoenix is another great fucking example. Which is like, I mean, at this point, it's like. Just leave the story alone because you clearly can't do it right. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. So, like, stop trying to touch it and do it. Yeah, at least with X-Men, like, they exp- – inherently you have a ton of mutants because of the school. So, like, And they do a good job of, like, like, going through the school and having, like, one or two shots of people in class. Like, you, they're telling you from the get-go, yeah, there's a lot more than just the X-Men. They at least yeah. tell you that, right? But with the Marvel movies, they, they don't establish – that there's other people who are doing the job elsewhere. They kind of say, these are the Avengers, it's fucking ten people, whereas yeah. we know in the Avengers comic books, it's like there's a fucking thousand people who are Avengers. Yeah. There's not the rotating staff cat staff who works the comic book. You know what I mean? Mm. Or whatever, so. But that, like, like, like I, I, didn't, I don't know anything about Shang-Chi, so I didn't know anything going into it. But I mm. know a lot about Punisher, mm. and going into watch Punisher, like, okay, that's... Right, they're getting the tone. The tone's right. They're getting the tone right. They're getting the violence right. They're getting Frank. Frank is right finally after two different for th- after three different movies. Frank yeah. is finally right, you know, or at least quasi right. Mm-hmm. And then they nix that, and they're gonna bring him back. I'm like, okay, okay, let's just keep the keep the same yeah. energy when we go to Disney Plus because I want I want Frank to fucking he has to be brutal. We'll see if they do that. I, I think know. I think that they would be smart enough to, to look at Netflix and see how people felt about Punisher, and yeah. be like, okay, we we should we should maintain this level. Like, I don't know anything about Moon Knight. I don't. I, Moon Knight was never a character that I read. Um, I've read a little bit of Moon Knight. I mean, he's interesting, and I think I thought the trailer was interesting. Yeah, but, I think the trailer um, was super cool. I I rewatched the trailer a few days ago with my fiance. We were both like, this is like the most interesting trailer since WandaVision. Like, yeah. it's the most inherent... In plus, you have a good actor on it. It's a, a really compelling story idea. It's mm-hmm. like a supernatural slash psychological thriller. I appreciate that. But the character itself, I don't know anything about. Which is, like, the, the goal... This is what Marvel wants to happen on a mass scale. Which doesn't... Which has not happened. And it's clear by comic book sales. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I'm the prime audience for this to happen. They, this is what they love. For me to sit back... I'm already a comic book reader... But I'm more mm. so on the DC side, so I read all that shit way more, and I'm more inclined to read anything about some bullshit Green Lantern than I am about any some bullshit Thunderbolt or Nova Corps. I'm I'm more inclined to read a Shazam story than a Marvel Man story. Where the fuck? I'm more mm. inclined to read you know anything from fucking those dudes, 
with fucking lame god characters that I am of the fucking gritty realistic character, whatever. But yeah. the fact that I could sit back in my chair, see a trailer for Moon Knight, a character I know nothing about besides the fact that his name is Mark Spector and he's a mercenary. That's all I know is like the yeah. basics of that particular version of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And then see the trailer and go, oh, that's interesting. And then want to now read yeah. a run of him. That's the goal. That's what Marvel wants. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, these movies make so much fucking money, but yet comic books are still not selling. Still in the toilet. The way dude. they were in the 90s. So there's so this connect between the people that want to read comic books and people that like comic book stuff. Yeah. I would you know. say, I would say, yeah, I think that their hope of movie and Disney Plus money transferring over to the comic book industry is. Yeah. Not paid out, and I don't think it ever will pay out no. because I don't think that just because somebody likes a movie does not mean that they're going to go and read the source material. No, what the, what the average fan wants is to before they go watch fucking Shang Chi is to mm-hmm. go on YouTube to, and watch a video by a person who does read comic books breaking yeah. down Shang Chi's famous arcs and characters, the battles. origins of Shang Chi. Yeah, everything like, you need to know before the movie comes. Shang Chi explained in 15 minutes, and then when they get to the theater and see their friends, they can go. I love variant comic, but that's like all his fucking videos. Yeah, that's like, Marvel... this movie's coming out. I'm gonna break yeah. down everything about the history of this character. Marvel explained, comics explained, all... Benny, the whatever the fuck comic store, all those fucking guys. Yeah, and then you no, know, that person can watch the, you know, uh, fucking. Thanos explained in 20 minutes and then they can go to the theater and stay in line with their friends and be like, well guys, you know that Thanos was originally from Titan and he's actually a deviant. Blah, 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 blah. He's actually an internal or whatever the fuck. His brother is Harry Styles. That's what mm-hmm. they want to do. Yeah, that's, that's what happens, right? Because people want to want up their friends mm-hmm. versus being like what Marvel wants you to do which is like, oh, well, well who... Thanos, oh, I'll go home and I'm going to download Marvel. I'm going to read all the runs I'm going to download Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to go read the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Like, no, fucking yeah. translates to 15 bucks of sales. Yeah. Who the fuck watched, I, I, I would have a better idea that I would say this, that if you watch the Watchmen show, mm-hmm. those people had a better trans. I have no, I have no numbers for this. It's just, this is just purely guessing Based on the type of show, you think the it's a better is. shot that those people went and read the yes. Watchmen comic. Absolutely, I would agree with that because that's the, what the Although, Watchmen does. I don't does. know because I feel like I actually honestly feel the opposite, which I feel like I feel like a lot of people that watch the Watchmen show were people who had already read the comic and oh, like. I, I agree with that like, too. Million. I'm sure I, that I they're. That I'm sure too. that yeah, if you hadn't read the comic and you watch a show, I I I bet that you went and read the comic like yeah, i feel I like agree. if you watch, if you never read hellboy but you watched hellboy like the first two movies you're like huh this hits on a lot of shit that i like mm-hmm. let me go check out this comic book i think there's a more translation rate from movie to comic book with like watchmen and hellboy and you mm-hmm. know more genre stuff than just the generic yeah. like here's iron man mm-hmm well, what the fuck do I read? You know, Devil in a Bottle, Demon in a Bottle, what the fuck, Demon in a Bottle storyline, like all that kind yeah. of shit. Versus like, I'm going to read Hellboy, I'm going to read Watchmen, I'm going to read any of those kind of like, The Spirit or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's easier with titles like that, for sure, where there's like a segmented beginning and end. So it's not as hard to figure out what you need to read. It's just like, you need to read, like, I mean, The Watchmen's a perfect example. It's like, read this one I want to read The Watchmen. All right, well, you, 
you just buy the Watchmen book and like but, that's but, the whole but, story. But, 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 but Zach, do I need to read before Watchmen? No, you don't. No, because no, it's don't. before Watchmen. You don't no, need you to don't. read it. You don't need just to read the Watchmen. Would you read the book that the author didn't approve? No. Yeah. No. You no. want to read the thing that's not written by the guy who actually wrote the story? Yeah. yeah you why would you do that? Why would you read that? So. Yeah. That that's a ramble. But we're here to talk about Lethal Weapon three. We are the 1992 film starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Danny Glover. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. And Rene Russo, who I'm pretty is that sure, who she is. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago I was like, oh, Kirstie Alley. I was like, that's not Kirstie Alley. I don't know why she. I think I don't know why she was in my mind. When I, I don't know why I was like, this mm. is clearly Rene Russo. But I was like, oh, okay. Why did I say Kirstie Alley? But maybe I was thinking about Cheers. Maybe that's why. Awesome. I just thought about Cheers. But either way, Lethal Weapon 3, um, we're officially at the point in the film series where it's time to wrap it up. It's the, it's the it natural point. It felt like that point. with this movie. It definitely felt like the screenwriting for this movie was like, all right, it's time to wrap shit up. Which, and I mean, it's it, like the whole arc of the story is like Murtaugh's retiring. And like yeah. that's like the beginning of like the entire story is like – Ticking clock, Murtaugh's got like seven days till he's fucking out the door and he never sees Riggs ever. Well, at least that's what Riggs thinks. He'll never yeah. see Riggs again. And, you know, and with the with with the gap between this movie and number four, which is like a fucking, I think it's like a six year gap. Is it? It's, wow. it's like 98 is when four came out. Okay. It's very clear. Like they're like, let's make some money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, six years means that you don't have a story in mind. Yeah. Like. From 87 to 92, that's a reasonable amount of time to make three movies. Mm-hmm. But for a six-year gap, that does not mean that you... To me, that means you have a, you don't have a story. You have, to, you have to... Either you like, oh, I got an idea, which is so... I don't believe that. Like Matrix 4. Yeah. I don't believe all of a sudden that Lana Wachowski was like sitting at her house being like... I have this great idea. I have this great idea for Neo. It's like, no, you... you I gotta... have this great idea where I'm going to shit on everything about me having to make this movie. It's my, yeah. it's fantastic. But at least at least with Lethal Weapon 3, just like Die Hard 3, mm-hmm. it feel, it's a natural feel for a third film that also could naturally be the conclusion to a franchise. Yeah. And like you said, the story is basically that like every Lethal Weapon starts out with a good, like, good business. Mm-hmm. Especially like compared to two, they, they know... Start out with some fucking put you right in the middle of some fucking bullshit. I you mean, know. that's the most. I mean, I think the thing that was most surprising to me is that you basically start off the movie and you get two pretty big set pieces right off the bat, which is you get the bomb explosion, which is like that's just like Riggs and Murtaugh being Riggs and Murtaugh at that point. Also, it's clear that like Riggs is pushing him because he doesn't want him to leave. Yeah, exactly. The whole time, like you're from the get go, you're like, okay, this dude, like, there's something going on, and you don't know what yeah. it is yet. You're like, you know, what? Like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, he's retiring again. Gotcha. He'd okay. rather kill Murtaugh than let him leave the force. Yeah, yeah. Or he's yeah. like trying to get him, like, or maybe like in in Riggs's like twisted way, yeah. like, hey, maybe we'll get excited because like this is what makes me excited. I think I think that's definitely part of it too, where he's like, I'm trying to, he's trying to like give him the juice again to like yeah. want to be a cop again. Hey, you're young, you're young, you can still you can still do this job. You know, we can you're still only do fifty this. years old, you can still do this. Yeah, even though I feel like he was fifty in the first movie. <laughs> like, I think he was. I can't remember. He what might be closer to sixty in this movie. I think yeah. he's closer to sixty. I think because just based on the character age, he's definitely yeah. you know supposed to be kind of more towards that rate that age. Yeah, but um. I love the opening scene because it's exactly what you said. It's like it's like the pinnacle of what these two characters are like. 
we've had two movies to like kind of build on this like rambling like mm-hmm. antagonistic like fun dynamic yeah. the the buddy cop syndrome mm-hmm. and like it just perfectly encapsulates exactly what that is like just movie begins with the fucking fire line yeah. and I then... mean that one the opening that opening credits is weird because it feels like a James Bond opening it does it's very strange it does I'm like this is not lethal weapon from what I've watched at this point it is not like a James Bond action thriller it's a buddy cop movie so the fact that they're like super dramatic with like the flames everywhere and which makes me think like this was the end yeah you know what I mean like, like, like that. that opening was like kind of like this is the end of a series like the fucking psh, versus like the just the regular one like the psh, lethal weapon yeah. right um so you start off that sweet bomb which to me is like it's not as good as the car chase no but they but it's fun for it a little bit but it's funny the next set piece so yeah yeah i so, really didn't mind that the car chase when they're so i mean i mean and the setup with that is that, I mean, they directly disobey <laughs> orders and get love busted it. down to beat cops. Love it. Love it. It's like, hey, fucking Murtaugh's like, I got seven days I left. seven days left, dude. Then he's got to wear a girdle because his uniform isn't as tight. Or is he's, as too, he's too big, as yeah. I love... Too much weight as a detective. All of that. Because what they do is they do the perfect... Yeah, I said like in the first movie. It's like you, they stumble into a plot. Yeah. And I fucking love it. They just stumble mm-hmm. into a, a large plot line. Yeah. Right. And they just happened to be in the vicinity when a robber was going down. Yeah. And that starts off the whole movie. Just, they just have bad luck. Yeah. Like the, the beginning sequence of the movie is actually not even relevant. Mm-hmm. It's just more like, hey, there's a It bomb. more just sets up the fact that they're going to be beat cops. Exactly. And that sets off the rest of the plot. Yeah. Because they have to get demoted down so that they're in the situation where they can interrupt this. And, there's a, and there can be the tension between Riggs and Murtaugh and yeah. the IA uh, detective. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's like, okay, we bust you down to uniform. You're back on mm-hmm. patrol. You're on foot patrol, which is like, dang, you're old and you're on foot patrol. Like, it fucking sucks. Yeah. You now you see the robbery going down. And then uh, my favorite part is that Riggs is like, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking cut my hair. <laughs> I'm just going to put ponytail. it a ponytail. Which, which ties back later to when he when he gets back there he gets back to the detective shields and the captain's yeah. like hey Rick just cut your hair and he's like definitely not gonna do that you know I'm not gonna do that <laughs> you know like so it's like even that is just so funny how how did you like that opening sequence though like back to back because it's it's pretty like quick it's a bomb sequence it's boom back boom to back, boom yeah I mean the the bomb ends it explodes you've got them in their uh oh faces on with <laughs> all the bomb squad shows up yeah. And yeah, and then you immediately go into the B-Cop. I, I kind of liked it. It kept the injury going pretty well of, like, just jumping from thing to thing. There wasn't a lot of, like, downtime. Or hold on. Was the house stuff in between that? Or is that after the car um, shoot? That is after, I believe. I think it might be after. I think so, too. Which is the house stuff. And I, I like the car chase a lot. And I like the fact that... <laughs> I don't know if it was a little too over the top of the fact that fucking Murtaugh gets stuck in the car with like the overly with the lady black woman. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, Murtaugh, I'm going to show you a good time. I was like, OK, all right. And then finally, when they when they when they when they the chase stops and Grace is like, 
I saw you kiss that woman. He's like, I didn't she kiss her. Me, she I kissed me. Kiss yeah, she kissed me. Uh, which uh, plays back later at the end of the towards the end of the movie when they're in yeah, the office. She shows back up. She shows yeah. back up. Um, but I thought I think it's a really it's a classic trope that like you know that a lot of these movies and shows do, which is like we're going to take the renegade detectives and the you know the uh, maverick detectives and go, hey, listen, if you keep doing, I'm going to have your shield for this, right? And then they never ever see it happen. But this, movie, this like, one no, is no, like no, 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 we no. actually see it happen. We're gonna see it happen, and we're gonna be like we're it. gonna work back. We're gonna we're gonna work your way back up. And then so when yeah. you when you get to the idea the of them being detectives for so long, being like no, we're gonna fucking there's some shit going on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. This is our bus. And like they're just pushing the captain. Well, it's definitely more like Riggs than Murtaugh with that aspect, and that's the yeah, thing that yeah. comes back later into the movie too, where he just always jumps headfirst in his stuff, which happens yeah. later when his daughter's on the movie set and he interrupts it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. beats the shit out of her boss. Yeah, I love that scene too. Yeah, that scene's funny too. I love that scene. Um, but, but after he... the car chase starts, I think the thing that I liked about this movie the least, which is that. Joe Pesci comes back. I know. And yep. he's way more annoying in this movie than he was in two. two. I think yep. he's he's one of the two things that I disliked about this movie. Yeah. Is like his insistence of having to be back again. But there's no real purpose for him to be back until they're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy because I got connections. And I was like, okay, that's kind of ham-fisted that like he just happened to know this fucking dirty cop who's like the new crime boss in this area. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. That's one of the things where I kind of felt like Riggs and Murtaugh are detectives. They could have, they could put two. They, they can, you could write another way for them to find out this guy at a, is at a hockey game. Yeah. Than just that. Yeah. And then they try to give us some levity by having, uh, by having Rig, uh, Riggs, by having, um, what's his fucking name? I can't remember his name. Joe Pesci's character. Oh, Getz. Leo Getz. Leo. You can't, by having Leo get shot in the arm and they're like, there's the funny scene with the doctor where he's like, it's a dumb, was, dumb yeah, shot. The doctor scene was pretty funny where they're giving him like, yeah, like a... It's a dumb, a, dumb shot. You know, I know yeah, a cop who got a the, dumb, dumb shot, got his thumb cut shot off. exam and like all this other shit they're writing on his form so that well, he can just, be stuck in the hospital. Even though, like, it goes back to great face acting, which I keep talking about, like facial acting, where like, it cuts this, that medium shot on Riggs and Murtaugh, and he's like, uh, and Murtaugh's like, no, I don't want him here. And he's like, well, it's a dumb, dumb shot. You know, I know a cop who got his, his thumb shot off and he died two days later because of the stress. Yeah. And he's in Martel's like, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I definitely know what that is. Uh, the doctor's like, okay, well, I'll hold you overnight. And he's like, two nights. Two nights. And like that to me, like that goes back to the, the two actors having really great chemistry alone, and mm-hmm. then having really great like micro expressions and when they're acting. Um, but like you don't need to have Leo there. It really ruins the chemistry between. Mm-hmm. You can just have it be Riggs, Murta, and Rene Russo's character, and kind of keep it at that. And that yeah. feels fine, but having Leo just be like a transitionary way for them to get to point B to point C, mm-hmm. you don't need that. You can just have them play detective. Yeah. You know, like you can have them be like, I get the LAPD is huge, mm-hmm. but you can be like the kids, their captain recognizes him. Yeah. You can be like, yeah. I, well, as I soon as they them. see him. Yeah. It's like all of them recognize. Well, they don't. Them but the personally. IA and then the captain does. You can yeah, like, okay. IA and captain, yeah, like, they all know who he is. And if you can go, there's a scene in um, number four where, because I was watching it earlier, mm-hmm. where um, Riggs and Murtaugh, who are captains now, go down to, like, the Asian gang unit and ask them about an Asian boss mm-hmm. to go get information. 
just do that. Yeah. And for this movie, like, okay, hey, there's definitely your IA is right here. There's a gang unit. There's a crime unit. We're gonna go talk to them. Yeah. Like, hey, you guys know that this guy's a former cop, right? Yeah. Where the fuck yeah. do we gotta find him at? Well, he's usually here, here, and here. Because why wouldn't? Of course, the if the there's IA no has way they're him, not keeping tabs on him and like seeing where he's going. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if if he's the big crime boss, especially if they're running an investigation on him, like IA. Yeah. There's gonna be people following him. Why they don't know where he is going? Yeah. Most... It, it makes no sense. It's just a it's just a way to shove Joe Pesci back in for like. Yeah, you know, unnecessary humor because the mm. two guys alone are funny enough. You don't have to yeah. have more humor. That they're they're them bickering back and forth is funny enough. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't laugh a whole lot of like what Joe Pesci was doing. Yeah, so it's much more about Riggs and Murtaugh and their interaction with each yeah. other. How did you feel though about the bad guy in particular in this movie? About the whole idea about the no retire or ex renegade cop turn. I think it's criminal. an interesting. I think it's a it's an interesting build up on like what they've done so far because I mean the first movie was um, military, yeah military stuff and then the second movie was all about the diplomatic immunity and like that whole thing about it and so then yeah now they're tackling like an ex cop who knows the system and like yeah, trying to get one step ahead of somebody who's already like one step ahead of you. How how do you feel about the tie in to like the um like like you the youthful African American crime stuff with like with yeah I mean. I think that starts to get into the stuff that I dislike about it. Not that I dislike the fact that they like touch on that aspect, but it gets to the part of the movie that I don't like, which is once Murtaugh shoots the kid because the kid's armed with the weapons that the ex-cops guys stole. And that is another kickoff for the plot. But then Murtaugh like leaves the movie for like 30 or 40 minutes and Riggs doesn't like do anything to like check on him. Like, the psychologist is like, I should go talk to him. He's like, nah, he's fine. Just leave him alone. And then, like, that's the last we ever hear about, like, him, like, even knowing anything about, like, what Martha's doing. Like, he just leaves him alone for, like, movie movie speak. He leaves him alone for, like, the next, like, two or three days. Yeah. And then Riggs goes, has sex with the IA person. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he just shows back up in front of Murtaugh again. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like at this point it's, like, especially – with what they build up in the beginning of the movie where it's like he doesn't want Murtaugh to leave and like he's his ride or die partner. Like he's there for him for life. So the fact that he kind of like doesn't do anything to check on him, especially after the fact that like he knows that Murtaugh's emotionally affected by the fact that like he sh- just shot his son's friend. Yeah. And like he still knows that like it's a good shoot, but I mean that still is like an emotionally scarring event for somebody. Yeah. So the fact that like he doesn't do anything to check on him, and then it all just becomes just like Riggs and the uh, Russo is like, I don't know. It felt not right to me that like all the just sudden he just like checks back up yeah. on him again. I think and, what the screenwriter is probably trying to and is hint at with the context of what the, we've been seeing for the last two movies is that like we don't see Riggs talk to him, but he has. <laughs> yeah, he's constantly at the house doing laundry, drinking beer, eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Kissing his kid, like, kissing the kids like his uncle. So I think that yep. what the screenwriter did was the disservice was like not show uh, one more scene of like at least like a phone call or like, something like that where he's like checking up on. Not him. even that, but like you know, but like like Riggs is doing laundry and Murtaugh's on the couch like in underwear, yeah, like at home like on mandatory mm-hmm. you know whatever, and he's just like, well I'm gonna, I'll I'll keep you updated and like just something as simple as that because you know like. 
just from knowing the screen chemistry of what they've kind of explained throughout the whole, even this movie alone, like, you know, like at the end of the movie where, you know, Riggs is saying no bye to like Murtaugh's daughter, like mm-hmm. clearly like their family. Yeah. So you know, as a watcher that he's not just not talking to his friend, Yeah. but the screenwriter didn't do enough job or the director didn't choose to give you that extra scene so that we know as the audience knows because mm-hmm. I can put two and two together and assume that that happens, but since you don't see that, you don't like isn't feel good for the character not to have that that. You know, you, all you have is Danny Glover talking to his son in the bathroom, and yeah. they're acting as though that's supposed to make Murtaugh feel better. Mm-hmm. But really, that does obviously he cares about his son. But you would expect also for Riggs to be like, "Hey, let's just drink a beer, talk about your boat." Yeah, for a second. You know, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's something like that is definitely what was needed. And then also you just have Russo taking like a mini Murtaugh role where it's like, I think the point that stood out to me was like when they invade the warehouse or whatever and they do the one, two, three gag. Yeah. And then she like doesn't get it. Like clearly she wouldn't, but like, I don't know why he'd even like, I don't know. It just felt wrong. Like doing that, like. That's what it's not Murtaugh, because that's like yeah. just that's the Murtaugh gag. It's like three, two, one, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, go. I also don't I, I really I I don't mind the C plot or whatever of the uh you no know, Murtaugh's son mm-hmm. hanging around like thugs. Yeah. I like that idea. I like the idea of Murtaugh being like, you know, you guys are killing all, all of us, kind of like talking about like the community aspect. I like that. I just don't know if it fits into this A plot. Yeah, it feels kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's like tangentially there. And I mean, they've got like the the black guy, crime lord guy, who's like yeah. clearly handing all the guns that are stolen. So, I mean, you've kind of got that there. But then they're going through, in the end of the movie, they're going through like their interrogation montage of like going to all the different people yeah. trying to find the source. And so then you get to the black guy that like gave them the guns and then that's it. Like, that's the last time. And then it's all about the ex-cop. Yeah. It's like, no, okay, obviously. You got the cop killers, which is a cool scene, though. The cop killer yeah. scene earlier is a really cool scene mm-hmm. where, like, you know... And there's a lot of death in this movie. Oh, yeah. That scene in the in the firing range is, like... I mean, that's... It also, like, ups the stakes for the whole movie as well. Because then you're like, okay, yeah. they could actually fucking die. Yeah. Because now they're dealing with armor-piercing bullets. And also, it's like, all the detectives are there, but yet they'll... No, Riggs and Murtaugh are in uniform, and there's the patrol yeah. guy, the young patrol guy there, and they're mm-hmm. like, "All right, who's wearing it? Who's wearing a vest?" And it's obviously just, mm-hmm. just Murtaugh. He's like, "Fucking yeah. pervert, whatever." No, I put my clothes on, and he's wearing a girdle, you know. And it's like the everyone's bagging <laughs> on him, and they pull the when they yeah. pull the vest out, you know, and and Riggs puts the round through it, goes through the plate, it goes through the, all of the Kevlar, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Guys, you know, option, vests are optional." And it's like, that's, that's a option. good line, man. That's a really, and then you see Murtaugh's face is like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. Too old for, too this, old shit. for this shit. You know? And then it cuts back to like, you know, he says like, you know, to, especially to the kids, like, hey, special to you. And flash forward to, you know, the final, one of the big final gunfights. Yeah. And that, that, that guy gets fucking that got. He gets shot. Okay, yeah. That guy gets got, you know. It's almost like, uh, you don't got to check off his gun all the yeah. time. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe he that maybe that guy should have lived because like he's he yeah. was there at the explanation about the cop killers. Not everyone else was there. He should have been like at the gunfight with other patrol guys who weren't at the fucking mm-hmm. seminar or whatever the fuck you want to call it. 
he's like, yeah. watch out, watch out. No, they're going to go, don't stand there. And then the fuck, and then another yeah. cop gets killed. He's like, fuck. Like, that would have been more like, make more sense to me than like have the guy who was at the briefing also get shot with the bullet. Cause he knows they're coming. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like, okay, we could have tweaked that a little bit to, you know, and then if you want to delete the weapon four, which they do now, that guy's a fucking detective. Boom. Give yeah. me the fucking script. I will write the fucking movie. Because what we get with the weapon four is we, we get Chris Black. Chris Black. Chris Rock, excuse me. Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock shows up in the weapon four? Chris Rock. Um, that's what we get. Well, he is black. He is a black guy. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, you know, like, a couple tweaks here with the C, B plot that kind of are, are like, they're trying to thread them to the A plot, which like, yeah. they're there, but they're not built enough. Yeah, I mean, it all kind of ties together in the end, but yeah, I think there's definitely, it's not built up as much as the A plot is, for sure. Yeah, and like, they're 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 really pushing a lot of the progress of the movie based on the B plots just to tie into the A plot, which is like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they always do it. The crime detective mystery stories. I understand that. But when you get to yeah. the montage of Murtaugh putting the gun in everyone's face, like it doesn't really match. He's mad. So I understand, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really fit the character that much to me. Yeah. It's more of a rigs thing. It's more of a rigs thing. So. And I get that he's pissed off. You know, it's young black guy. He, he had to kill because of this. I understand that completely. And then the cuts to the, the funeral before that, where the guys, the kids, parents are like, find the guy who put the gun on my son. I get all that. Why Murtaugh is pissed. I get that the rage is there. And it's, it's understandable and believable. But he's usually the guy who rigs to be like, hey, hey, hey. This is, that's me. Yeah. You have a family. You should probably calm down a little bit. So it, it felt like it's believable. It's not like a bad sequence. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like a little bit to 11 when Murtaugh is probably more at like a 7. Yeah. I would I would say that for sure. I definitely felt a little bit out of character for him. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that final fight, that final firefight scene though is fucking killer. Yeah, it's awesome. I dig that shit. They, All they, the shit they do the, the housing development. Yeah. yeah. What Lethal Weapon does really well is always it's cha- like the big set pieces, chases, gunfights. Mm-hmm. All they always do them well. They're all super solid. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't. They don't. They don't do a bunch of like. They're good gunfights. For what they are, mm-hmm. they're not like you know John yeah. Woo, but they're they're good American action gunfights. Yeah, and that alone is like okay, we're 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 okay. These these are solid gunfights. So, yeah. Um, but Zach, is there anything else you want to mention about Lethal Weapon Three before we wrap up for the week? No, I think I really enjoyed it a lot. I think I know it's hard for me to rank, but I really really enjoyed Three a lot, a lot more than like. I even thought I would because I, I know we talked earlier about you ranking them. You put three, you know, after one and two. But yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like I probably have to rewatch them again to get a better ranking. But I really liked three a lot. I liked what was going on with it. I liked the plot of it overall. Um, yeah. And I was happy. It was nice to see. And that's the other thing that makes you feel like it would probably be a real finality too, which is that Riggs has a girl that actually doesn't fucking die. Yeah. Which is nice for him. Yeah. It's also a girl that like is basically like him as a woman yeah so it's like it's somebody who like really fits well with like his personality and she's and not like, gonna like be she's not gonna be like obsessed because he's crazy because he's crazy like, she's also like i'm a, she's also a little bit of a wild yeah, card I'm a cop so. who chases cops i'm 
I have to be crazy to do the job. So I, yeah, I agree. It's a perfect way to. Clearly, I'm crazy because I've got my own battle scars to show. Yeah, so. and it's a good way to end it. I think in four she's pregnant, so it's like, okay, they propel that further. So maybe in Lethal Weapon yeah. Five he'll have his own kid will be a cop, and he's like, oh no, and then his son will die probably. No, and, and then that's how Vertaz's son is a cop and he dies. Oh god! And oh like, god! I'm find out who killed my fucking son. Yeah, and that's John Wick. <laughs> And then, and then it's just John. It's just John Wick with Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, I agree. I, I think three. It's a great movie. I mean, there's definitely things about it that I nitpick because just yeah. But for what they are, it's like if it was a different type of movie, I would nitpick harder. But because it's Lethal Weapon, I I give it the whatever freedom because it's an action movie and they're it's action movie level of threading between plots, which is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. So I think it's still a really enjoyable movie and. When I rank them, it's still to me one, two, three is the order. It literally it's one, two, three, four. I think every movie, I, every movie from number one, which I absolutely love, because I think it's a perfect movie. Every mm. movie gets a little bit less mm. something, and um, like I love one, two is a little bit, it's a little bit down of quality of something. Three is a little mm. bit down of quality, and four is I think you know a huge, huge drop off. But to me, it's mm-hmm. the same way with Die Hard. Die Hard 1 is fucking amazing. Perfect movie. Yeah. Die Hard 2 is just a little bit less. Die Hard mm-hmm. 3 is a little bit less. Even though, if I had to really, really boil it down, I would probably swap 3 and 2. But I like 2 more. I would definitely I like two, I like two. 2 more. I like 3 a lot. I still think 1's the best Die Hard. But I like, I like Die Hard with a Vengeance a lot. I like Die Hard 3 is fantastic. But to me... It also deviates from the Die Hard, like Die Hard one yeah, and two are the. It's definitely not as Die Hardy because yeah, it's definitely not like I'm trapped in this certain yeah. situation and I have to try to figure a way out of it. Yeah, it's all just like I'm in New York yeah. City and I have a terrorist. I'm trapped in a plot. Yeah, but I'm not trapped in a location, which is why I like the yeah. what I like about Die Hard one and two. Um, yeah. but yeah, like Lethal Weapon three, it's a it's a, it's a good movie. It's it's a fun time. It's it's a good mm-hmm. installment and it's a perfectly fine ending to a three-movie successful franchise um, yeah. that they decide to uproot for four. And you, if you ever do watch four, mm-hmm. you look at them and go, yeah, yeah, this is this. Yeah. we should have ended it six years ago. <laughs> so when Die Hard 5 comes out, or League of Legends 5 comes out, you're like, woof, rough. You shouldn't have made this one. Yeah, Mel Gibson looks fine with the beard, but Danny Glover, yeah. he's old, dude. They're both he's old, old, but... He's old man. Damn, so... Well, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with our wrap-up episode to yes. talk about everything that we've been checking out in the month exterior from Lethal Weapon. Uh, yes. So, hey, guys, we'll see you. See you, guys.